Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This week on the Gary House podcast, we've got Harvey Gunn. Mate, thanks for joining me. Uh, <laughs> we've just had some technical issues my end, so uh, thanks for your patience, mate. It was, uh, yeah, we were meant to go straight into questions and it took me 15 minutes to get this going, but... <laughs> It's the nature of the game, isn't it? Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, yeah, first up, I want to hear more about how you became half of Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn and how that all happened, mate. Um, so, yeah, we, we were childhood friends originally. So this must be when we were about 14 or 15, um, all kind of knocking around in the same group of friends. I was messing around at the time, making music. I always kind of had since like since a teenager, DJing and making music. Um, I started making more kind of hip hop stuff, and he started. I knew at the time he was with another group of lads making hip hop music, and we got together, made one song, and then that was it. And that was the remember us making it in my mum's house, and. Um, and sitting there thinking when we were going to upload it, like, what should we call it? And I was like, I don't want it to be Frankie Stew. And then in brackets, like, produced by Harvey Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, both of us, like, Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn. And that was the kind of seminal moment that, you know, cemented, like, coming probably up to 11, 12 years of working with each other now. I quite like the fact that it's just your names, but do you ever, like, look back and think, shit, that was, like, <laughs> why didn't we come up with something more, like... Like a different name or something, but I, I like, I personally like it. It's your names, like, but do you ever look back? No, you know what? I, I was actually thinking about this the other day because I was looking at like the festival on the on festival billings, yeah. and it's like, fuck, our name just takes up so much space. <laughs> so it's such a long name, but um, nah, I mean, it's cool. It, it's what we kind of went with, and yeah, there was never any other kind of other name in contention for it. It was always just our names from the beginning. I think maybe when you're younger, you think it's a bit cool because it's kind of gives your name a bit of mm-hmm. something else. But um, yeah, in hindsight, I probably could have had something that rolls off the tongue a bit easier. Well, you've got quite good surnames for, for it, I think, haven't you? They don't, 
like, yeah, you haven't got long surnames or double barrel surnames and anything like that. It's the same as you. It's got people always say two syllable uh, first name and then a single syllable last name for a stage name. Gary House, Harvey Gunn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it works, mate. So that's a long time, I guess. Like, how old are you both now? I am 27 now. So coming on 28, Frankie's 28. Um, But yeah, our first started. Our first, my first introduction to music was going to like a youth club um, mm. when I was oh God, probably like 13 or 14. Um, and they used to have decks and that in there. And we used to, all people used to just go in there and spit and DJ. <clears throat> um, and I started DJing when I was there, uh, but it was like they, all the vinyls they had, well, they only had vinyl decks. And they had a big box full of vinyls and it was all drum and bass and like dubstep and jungle. So that's what I originally started making. Um, and then I kind of transitioned over into hip-hop quite a few years later. That was going to be my next question. It's like, I've listened to your music and like I don't know if this is meant to be this way, but I, cu- <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on, is it meant to be, is it rap? Is it drum and bass? Is it, is it, there's like a bit of everything. Like, is it, there's even like garage in there. I don't know, um, just for my limited knowledge of music, but is it, You've definitely got a distinctive sound, I think. Well, no. Is, yeah. is there a genre or do you just make what you like, both of you? Right, yeah, I was going to say, firstly, thanks. I'll, I'll take that kind of thing as a compliment and we definitely do just try and make what we like. It's hard yeah. to kind of, sometimes it's hard when I think the listeners might find it difficult when they can't put things in categories that easily. But mm. we've never tried to pigeonhole ourselves and we just kind of make what's authentic to us. We've both got such eclectic taste of music that have kind of changed a lot over the years. Like when we were younger, it was all grime. Everyone listened mm. to grime. And then it was kind of hip hop. And then when I got a bit older and we started going out clubbing and that, then it's more like the dance music became a bigger part of our lives. So it's always been super eclectic. And I like to... I like to always try and make something a bit different um, with my production. I think the one thing that I try to carry for all is like quite UK sounding, quite UK influenced all of it. Like, yeah, it's been more influenced by UK hip hop, um, you know, UK garage, like even the drums stuff and the jungle stuff. It's always been, yeah, big kind of UK influence. But other than that, we just get together and make, make what happens really, man. And like the, the other half of it, Frankie, was he, has he always been, was he rapping already? Because it's like, well, fate or whatever you want to call it, mate. But it's like, because <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't rap on the tracks, do you? Oh, I've not heard you. Nah, nah. So we work, yeah, exclusively with each other pretty much. Yeah. Bar a few other things along the road. But Frankie was rapping with another group of lads at the time called Concept of Thought. Um, and then me and him started working together. And I think their thing kind of, yeah, slowed down perhaps, or they were all busy with other stuff. And me and Frankie just kind of went went in hard on it um, from quite a young age and tried to forge our own sound, really, and tried to not yeah. kind of like not fit into any of the scenes too much. We've all, we're down in Brighton, so you're always a bit disconnected from London and a bit kind yeah. of like disconnected from it all. But that allowed us to just get our heads together and just work on a lot of music over the years. Being in Brighton, I guess you have just influences from all over the place as well i've like i've only visited but yeah you could you could walk down the street and you've got just such a mix of cultures and 
yeah, just influences everywhere, I guess. Yeah, mate, definitely. Brighton's a cracking place to grow up as a kid. It was great. It's a, I feel like it's more of a like it's a big cultural exporter. Like you have a lot of artists who kind of start mm. here and then they usually all go on and <laughs> go and do something else and move up to London or whatever. But um, at, at the time when me and Frankie first started, there was a really big UK hip hop scene in Brighton. Um, mm. There were a few kind of you know weekly or monthly nights that were that would bring crowds down and bring rappers down from further afield. Um, and that kind of dissipated over the years. But when we first started, that was, that was really, um, really strong. When um, I remember like I messaged you on Instagram and it was like, <laughs> cause when I was 13, 14, 15, I had vinyl decks in the house. Yeah. And I, I remember I'd saved up for months to get them. And even then I think like my mom had to put half of it towards it kind of thing. And then, mm. And then it was like going to the record shop. I had to get a bus an hour to the record shop kind of thing. I could probably afford three records a month or something. So I was yeah. like mixing in my, my mum's old vinyl stuff. And it, it was a shit show. But at the time it was like, um, I was just in the bedroom loving it. And then some of the lads and people, we would like, yeah, we basically skip school and just play music in my bedroom because my mum was off at work and all that kind of thing. And and, and I was thinking, like, at 13, 14, 15, I was doing that, but I was clueless, yeah? So it was like having to try and learn from, like, reading Mixmag or something like that, really. And, uh, and yeah, literally just fading one out and another one in when, when, when you know, like, some girl singing or something, thinking I, was, thinking I was doing all right. So to think that, like, what you two were doing at that age, learning, just learning that craft, it's like it must feel... You must feel good knowing that you've took it from that age all the way to now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's funny. It sounds like we had, even though we're like so many miles apart, pretty similar, pretty similar um, youth spent doing that. Literally, yeah. like, I mean, Frankie used to just we used to go to record stores, but buy like the bargain bins and take them home to try and yeah. sample them, like to plug the turntable into the Mac and try and sample. Them. <laughs> But um and yeah, not only one in every hundred was ever any good. But yeah. but yeah, I think I think mate, at that age, thirty four, I was just messing around. Like yeah. I, I read to hear like what the mixes were like that I was doing. But <laughs> I definitely sparked a real interest in me, and it gave me like um I don't know, it gave me some kind of direction and purpose. I think to myself because I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto the sport. But I was never a. Yeah. I was never sporty at all at school. I had no interest like in sport, athletics, and all, everyone I knew was always very. There's a good sports schools in that environment. All of my friends played rugby or football or something. So I felt like when I found music, I kind of found like found mm. my fit, found my kind of crowd, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, it was definitely an avenue like that, and it just. It's kind of yeah. It's if you do something a lot, as you know, with any training, you just get better and better over, over the years, and you get more confident in your abilities. Mm. Like, that's part of what I was thinking. Like, I came in. I came into running relatively late for some people. Like I was early to mid twenties when I started taking it a bit more serious, and that wasn't. I didn't just think I was going to be a runner. It's just because I couldn't afford the gym where I'd moved to Manchester, kind mm. of thing for work. Couldn't. Uh, like couldn't afford the gym and all that kind of thing, but wanted to keep fit and just started running down the canals with no yeah yeah no clear p- plan basically. So, but but I remember thinking a bit like you said about the music. 
it was like something clicked. And when I started learning one thing about it, I, I knew I could learn another thing and another thing. Mm. And in school, like I wasn't thick, but I wasn't applying any anything and mm. didn't really know what I was doing up until I found running. And then that was like an anchor point. It was like, right, I was, I was just learning everything I could, but becoming a little bit obsessive with it. So yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, I've been doing that for f- almost 15 years now. So, and you've been doing probably the same thing but in the studio like every day learning and applying every single day and like you say do something for 10 years plus like you're gonna get good at it aren't you (laughs) really absolutely i think it's true for all for so many like different avenues of life like it's a cliche but it's true you know put those hours in put those hours in and you know they do mostly pay off and i'm someone that i'm someone that in, in previously in life, like if I didn't feel I was good at something, quite quickly I'd lose interest in it. So I've tried everything, man. I've tried everything, but it's the kind of things that have stood out it's, has been the music and the running. I think mm. um, I think two good examples of hard work and time put into it, you can can really do a lot. I, I think, especially with the kind of longer distance endurance running, it's like you know, it's time in, isn't it? rather than uh, ahead of anything else. But I wanted to ask you, whereabouts did you... So you're in North Wales now, mm. and you were in Manchester before. Where, whereabouts were you before? Where did you grow up? I grew up in North Wales, but yeah. like not very Welsh North Wales. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say, because I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite place yeah. you there. You know, like on the North Coast, it's basically everyone calls you like plastic scousers or something, because yeah, it's yeah. like an influx <laughs> of Liverpool and Manchester and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just a small town called Hollywell and um, down on the coast, essentially. Yeah. Is it Hollyhead? No, uh, it's about 30 minutes, 45 minutes from Hollyhead. Yeah. So on that, like whether you took the train down or drove down that road, it's yeah, just, off, yeah, yeah. just off that carriageway to Hollyhead on Anglesey. We um, um, ferry from there over to, over to yeah. Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice ferry out and not so nice coming back in usually. <laughs> on the way back, yeah, the way out we had we thought it was a touch. There was a little cinema on the. Yeah, um, I had and that we, same experience. We were, we were so tired, so we all slept literally on the floor in the cinema. But on the way back, it was different gravy. It was Good Friday, and <laughs> there there was about fifty school buses of kids all going on their football, like ten year olds all going on their football tournaments. So there's about 500 like um, little kids without their parents just running riot on this ferry the whole time. <laughs> like, we're so chronically sleep deprived from this tour, trying to catch some sleep in the cinema, and they're just running in, screaming at us, like bullying us and that. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. yeah, it's always. I've done it that trip a few times. It's always worse coming back for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm on. I'm basically 45 minutes. Uh, that way, that's where I was born. Haven't lived there for a long time. Moved to Manchester um, mm. for work. Lived there for a couple of years, and then basically met the missus, and we moved back towards North Wales. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, nearest like literally, I can, I can be on Snowdon in an hour, like basically halfway up it, or I can yeah, be yeah. in Manchester city centre in like fifty minutes as well. Oh, right. So, so location wise, that's kind of where I am. That's what I'm kind of eyeing up for my next, like, I want to move, I think, at some point. Um, out mm. back, and I've lived in a few different places over the years, but I've always found myself back here. And I'm trying to pinpoint somewhere that's like a bit of a city, 
but also close to some mountains or do you know what I mean? Yeah. A bit more into yeah. the, you've got the downs and stuff here, but it's it's different. You don't quite have the fells and that kind of yeah. real wild um you know, geography. So I'm just still trying to kind of yeah. Manchester was pretty good for that because you could get to yeah. the Lake District, but then like here's even better, really, because it's just a bit more yeah. rural. Like there's, there's 200, probably 250 people in my village. Well, but, yeah. Uh, half an hour and you're in Chester, which is yeah, it is a city, but it's not big, is it? It's, it's uh, yeah. Mm. The um, yeah, I like it's. If I had my way, I'd probably move a little bit further out <laughs> into the mountains. Well, yeah, everyone likes so there's zero people in the village. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, like my first ultra marathon was uh, London to Brighton. They don't run it anymore. It's like a. It's, oh, wow. It was um, like 2009, I think it was. Like oh, okay. 50, I think it was 56 miles, and yeah, it always sticks for me. And just like finishing, yeah, finishing down the downs and onto Brighton Beach, and with, <laughs> just with the cobbles of feet. With, <laughs> then I didn't have a clue what I was doing, and uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it always sticks with me. So when I when I like, I've got a, a good friend who lives in Brighton as a runner as well, and it always sticks with me, Brighton, just for that experience. It's one of those places I think. Like I've been to loads of places, but yeah, I can remember where I ate, I can remember where I sat on a bench and all that kind of thing, just because it was just a fun place to be. <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. And there is there is a big, it feels like there's a big running community down here because, I mean, the Brighton Marathon's a big one, isn't it? Mm. Um, and and just this, yeah, its proximity to the South Downs is so, um, from my house where I am now, I can jog 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and then I'll, you're literally you're in the South yeah. Downs which is beautiful. Um, so I've kind of contradicted and everything I was saying about needing to go somewhere where, <laughs> where I'm close <laughs> to the trails. I'm kind of in the perfect spot here now. But, but yeah, no, if you get the opportunity, you should get down again. I know there's quite a few, um, I know there's quite a few ultras, the South Downs, uh, ultras and that, which um, yeah. a few of mine have done and said are good. I think it's pretty... Um, yeah, they are good. My friend runs um, like... Uh, centurion running so they do like the 50 mile and 100 mile events down on the downs quite a lot mm. um, fit, uh, yeah and that old that old race that i did it doesn't run anymore but i think they're restarting it so they're doing brighton to london the other the opposite direction yeah. i mean i'd much rather run into brighton if i'm honest and because well, <laughs> so, you're starting out you're starting out in all of the countryside and finishing in the city it feels a bit um mm. Well, even before I did that, years before that, they used to do it as a road race. So you can imagine what that was probably like, just chaos. So when did you, um, like, when did you start, when did running come in? Because I know you said you weren't particularly, was it you weren't into sports or anything like that? Or was it just that music had completely taken over? You didn't have the opportunity? It was just... You know what? I just... Um... I used to, to tell you what, I school used to play basketball. I like that. I like the variety um, mm. of it. But do you know what? I've always preferred, like, I think music I liked, yeah, as a kind of uh, analogy, I love doing something that's kind of only I am responsible for it, if you know what I mean. I yeah. like kind of solo projects. Um, I found team sports a bit more difficult because there's so many, like, factors out of your control. I kind of like the idea of just turning up on your own and it's you versus yourself do you know what i mean yeah um 
But running, I'd say, I'm just trying to think, yeah, 2023 now. I'd say I started running maybe in adulthood, I started messing around with running. Um, and I'd say I started running properly or a bit more, a bit more routinely, probably start of lockdown, I'd say. And I, had, I remember having quite a big stretch on it where when I was, when I did like a period of time trying to cut back on the partying and you can kind of see on my, so I looked through my back on my Strava log and I was like this three or four months when I was kind of clean on the straight and narrow of I was running like every day and building fitness and then it's come the summer and I got back uh, off the off the wagon as it were. Um, and then it kind of went on the back burner massively for quite a while again. Um, I'd say really the first, when I first kind of com- made a real commitment to myself to um, run properly um, and to, to kind of pick it up again would have been at the beginning of 2022. Mm. Uh, and that's when I just first kind of went sober and clean for, you know, the for the final time and I was massively overweight at that time or I felt you know I was I was overweight and I needed to lose some weight so I just started running because I was physically and mentally unfit and I knew you know I I, if there's something wrong with me you know be it in mind body or spirit I know there are certain things you've got to keep in check to Mm. to um aid that and for me I know exercise is one of them for me um did it change like um did you find it was like almost like changing your energy to a certain extent? And were you frustrated when you, you know, when you took running up a little bit and then, mm. and then, like you say, it went by the wayside for a short amount of time before you got yourself cleaned up again? Mm. Were you frustrated in that time and like kicking yourself almost, or was it just natural ups and downs through life? Mate, I think in that time I was so, I had such little self when I was kind of, um, pre sober and in quite a bad spate, I'd say I had so little self awareness. I wasn't even that like mm. I think running wasn't something that I was like that concerned with in the scant kind of scheme of things. I knew it was something in the back of my head. I know I should be doing this. I know I should be exercising, but um, I knew that there were many other obstacles that I had to tackle before I could hone in on that. So it started as something, yeah, to get to get physically fit and I was just road running basically or running even on treadmill, just running any way I could um, mm. just to lose weight and to get fit. And cause I knew, I knew it was good for my head, even though I didn't feel like ma- it didn't massively make me feel better instantly at all. I can't lie and say like, you know, I think there's a big kind of spiel that gets sold of running like go for run and you, you know, all your kind of pro- mental problems will go away. Um, it yeah. definitely wasn't like that. I really had to persevere at it. And um, it was when you start out, mate. Like I was, like when I took start taking it a bit more serious, and it was almost by accident taking it serious. It was just that I was doing it more often, like I say, because mm. I couldn't afford to do anything else really. Like it was, it, I I was I played football. And football was my thing when I was younger, so I thought of myself as quite fit. But I was also like I was in Manchester, out drinking and partying four nights a week with like. Like in a, in that past life, I was working as a hairdresser, trying to make it as a hairdresser. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so it's imagine that lifestyle in Manchester, but like, but then taking up running. So it was hard, and I thought I was, I thought I was quite fit. So yeah. from football and stuff, but 
like the first couple of runs was just just crap. So I always think when I hear these stories of people that haven't even had that background and they're chucking themselves into it, like it must have been ten times harder those first couple of runs. So I'm always interested in like why did you go again and again and again? Yeah, I think I just I think I had a very strong sense of responsibility to myself. Mm. Like I really have that. Um, after, you know, you know, you often ask like, why do you do that, or why do you kind of um, stick so rigidly to that routine or to those things? I'm kind of like, I just felt like I had to, like, I had mm. a responsibility to myself. If I was, you know, I kind of made a final commitment to myself to try and build a better future and a better, body, a stronger body, stronger mind, um, and I just knew I had to per- go see through it. Um, I really like fell out of love even during this process i'd say maybe like nine months into it i was just so bored of running on running on concrete like of just running on the pavement um i i've just it was only until i started going stepping up the distances slightly and going eventually venturing out into the trails which was Mm. completely just changed my perspective on it and i was like it just felt literally like chalk and cheese running because it's exercising compared to running for me when I get out there into the trails, like it's it's like a spiritual experience. Mm. It's a meditative. It's the the thing I'm thinking about the least is probably the physical benefits that I get from it. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, a, yeah. It, it's like a way of spending time. So it's almost like socialising with myself, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like doing yeah. a hobby with myself. Um, so it, yeah, and and but you know, back to the original question, it's a it's a testament that I was kind of correct in forcing myself to do those things because it did pay off and it took a very long time for me to fall in love with it. Mm. But yeah, you know, you've got to, things are difficult at first. And when you, um, when you decided to go sober, was it like, was it a culmination? Was it like you kept thinking you might do it or was it a, like a line in the sand kind of job? Um, it was a bit of both, really. I've had, I've, I think it took me like, I knew something was very wrong in my life. I knew there was a big problem in my life. I don't think at the, quite at the time I knew exactly what it was. Um, mm. I had for a long time a drinking drug problem and I wanted to, my initial thoughts was to go sober for three months so that with the idea that if I was then to reintroduce drinking again, it wouldn't be something where drinking drugs are linked like this. Yes, um, I wanted to just kind of break that link. Um, and then when I went sober and the kind of the three months up, I was like, I think the most insane thing I could possibly do right now is yeah. to get, start cracking on again and start reintroducing something into my life after I had, I was starting to reap big rewards from it. Oh, do you know what? Not even rewards, just like, um, just having some self awareness, mate, and a bit of a, mm-hmm. a bit of a um, a, what they call you know a moment of clarity in my life, um, and then I've kind of yeah discovered a bit more a more purposeful, meaningful life that I kind of wanted for a long time and didn't know how to achieve, and you know exercising, running, you know pushing myself physically and mentally then became a big part of that, and then I think. It's quite a common theme I find in especially like trail and longer distance running of like people that are perhaps somewhat obsessive, which I know is a word that you said earlier, like obsessive, yeah. addictive. And I'm a very obsessive and very kind of mm. uh, 
um, addiction prone person. Um, and I feel like running is something that you can, that you can kind of fill that hole somewhat. And if you do it in a responsible way, that's kind of, you know, you're not hammering yourself, as you know, mm-hmm. it's very possible to do, then it can kind of, yeah, it gave, it gave my life a bit more meaning after, um, I think after losing a, losing a big, um, sorry, I've lost my tangent a little bit here. Um, Go on, mate. <laughs> when, when you, when, when you, when I stopped drinking and stopped partying, I feel like I lost a huge part of my identity that yeah. was for so long, just being a part, like a party boy, a good time guy, you know, like that was who I was. Um, and I think when I lost, when that kind of, when I stopped and I lost that, um, reconnecting to what I was like when I was a much younger kid, which I mentioned to you earlier when we were off camera, I used to love mountain biking out in the forest. Mm. I found myself rooting back to these things I enjoyed when I was younger and I managed to connect to them through trail running and regain a lot of my kind of true, truer identity of myself that had been buried, I think, through my adult adulthood. Yeah, it's um, like, like good on you, first of all, mate, because you've done it in, from what I can see, like a brilliant way as well because I'm always a little bit like you say I'm sometimes careful with my words because a lot of people say oh they're addicted to running or they get addicted to running whereas like whereas I I prefer to say like I got a bit obsessive over it it's not an mm-hmm. addiction like I've got mm-hmm. friends that have had addictions kind of thing so yeah. I'd be almost like doing them a dis- like a disservice kind of thing yeah. to say I was addicted to running like you probably feel a little bit but but yeah um being obsessed with something, I think, is a, it can be a good thing, as as long. But you're doing it as like, oh, as far as I can see, yeah, you're out and you're being out in nature, or you're out for your trail runs, and 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 that is consistent. But it's not, it's not, it's not like, um, yeah, you're not pushing it too much. Yeah, way. I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. I think what what I always understood addiction as is like repeated behavior that you know is detrimental to yourself do you know what i mean you're doing something you i think obsession can be a great thing i'm obsessed with music i'm obsessed Mm. with kind of you know being a better person than i was yesterday i'm obsessed with running definitely like you said um and i think yeah as long as that doesn't i think if, if you were to use running as a vessel for some kind of negative addiction then that's a problem that actually probably has nothing to do with running do you know what i mean mm. um but yeah no it, it, it's definitely like just touched on it's definitely just as much about getting out and spending time in nature as it is the kind of performance side of it and because I, I do love that side of it as well i do love the kind of just the training aspect of it and feeling yourself getting fitter i like to kind of keep a healthy balance of the hippie like out in nature <laughs> enjoying it and then also like uh, at the athletic side of it, I try not to get too bogged down in the numbers and, uh, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. Cause it's, you know, there's so much of it now. There's so many metrics that you can measure things by that I've can, that is the kind of stuff that can <laughs> be careful. I could get too sucked into that. So I try and keep that stuff away. And I, I hear, you know, news preach a lot about that, you know, like the, even something just like the perceived effort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can imagine with your brain, you probably see like music as almost like the matrix kind of thing. So what 
you, you, you almost don't want to do is fall into that data trap of, of runners and, and just keep it as you're doing, mate. Nice. So, yeah, so true, man. It's so true. It's the same with music. Like Everything is quantified and there's so much data and music so screened. That matrix binary is how I find a lot of that stuff. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good way to disconnect. I don't even listen to music when I'm out doing the, like a long trail and I won't even listen to music unless things get really tough. Like mm. I'll have headphones on me like in case I bonk hard. But um, That was going to be one of the questions I have because I get asked about what do I, like what podcasts do I listen to and stuff like this. And mm. I very rarely listen to a running podcast or like running content because like it's, that's my job a lot of the time so I'm, I'm at the laptop coaching and then I might listen to a podcast while I'm doing the coaching work but when I'm out running yeah I'll, I'll listen to music usually and mm-hmm. um, or or a podcast or an audio book but on a completely like maybe like it might be fiction or something like that yeah 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 whereas like you're coming from a point of view you could be in the studio all day and then you go for a run like so what do you do is it just literally about being outdoors you won't have music on at all if if I'm so I'll say I'll get out into the trails at least once or twice a week. Yeah, what def at least once for a long run. Mm. All the other days when I'm just kind of training, like it would be it muscular endurance or strength or just easy runs in the in the city. I will have headphones on. Yeah, because I don't like listening to cars and fun. yeah, got you. But when I get out into the um out into the trails, yeah, I don't listen to music then. I just love the sound of nothing of quiet and of like birds and you know mm. all of that stuff i just love the peace and quiet of it mate um often do you find like when people say like if it that aren't running or they that they don't go for these runs a lot of the time i'll get asked by friends and family like what, what do you think about jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Like, I can't answer them if I'm honest a lot of the time because yeah, you're just out there you, and then you come back and you're like, well, what were you thinking about for all that time? <laughs> Nothing. Like spend enough time thinking when I'm in here. Right. It's so true. It's so true. Sometimes like I think about like so much, but it's also nothing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's so, my brain's constantly distilled. Oh, yeah. All the best ideas and all that kind of thing yeah. when you're out there and it's just gone. <laughs> exactly. Literally that. So, and I love that. I love like sometimes when you're feeling on top of the world and the sun's shining i can have like really nice positive conversations with myself about plans in the future and about what i'm going to do and everything feels possible and then other days you know when it's really tough like yeah. uh, sometimes i just kind of i sit back and like let my let that negative voice in my head just talk and i just kind of listen to it and like um meditate on it a little bit i don't mm-hmm. yeah i can never 
I can never think of what I think about. I like to stop. I like to take photos as well. I love doing that. Like when I'm out in the trails, stop, have a little breather, take a few photos. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it is a long, it's a long amount of time to kind of spend weekly with yourself. Mm. Um, just out running. I can get why people would be like, that sounds like. Like if you, if you tried like um, meditation and stuff in the past, because I have, like I've done, like I had a mentor for a long time that was like big on self-development and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, it was what I probably needed at the time to work on myself. But yeah, I, like I struggled with meditation because you know, like, to be fair, this was more guided meditation. So they're walking you through it. So, you, but I can't empty, like when people say you just empty your head of thoughts, it's like I'm just lying there almost like buzzing with thoughts. Like, I'm not meditating. It's like just pointless. And I'm out on the trail for 10, 15 hours a week. I don't need yeah. to sit there quiet in a room kind of thing. 100%. I, I, I get the complete same. And I think I reckon a lot of runners that you'd ask would say a similar thing. I feel like yeah. people often run because they've got very busy, loud, chattery minds. Um, and that, you know, it's that getting out and doing the exercise that quiets it. I can't really sit down and um, mm. and meditate like that. And I never have. I've tried it quite a few times because I've always known, like, I need something to quiet my mind because my mind's busy, like, it mm. can be really busy. And I've always tried all the different things, like meditating, CBD, blah, 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 everything. And it's only running really the thing that's, like, been able to actually achieve that. Um but like I said earlier, it's not to say that every run makes me feel great, man. Like mm. sometimes if you wake up in a bad mood and you go out and run and have a really challenging run, I get home and I'm still in a bad mood and I'm really tired and hungry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, doesn't always, it doesn't always work like that, but it's definitely a force for good on my kind of, on my busy brain for sure. It's like anything you've got to look overall, haven't you? If we just went on one run or just, yeah, if if the running dictated your mood every day, like I have to think like that, then yeah, yeah I'd be in a shit place with work and everything. It just has to be a constant, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's kind of like a, how it makes you feel, how you feel about it is kind of irrelevant. You've got to have that kind of, you've got to get mm. it done regardless. But I mean, it's interesting. How, how, how do you kind of, what are the, because this is a question I get asked a lot about the music, like how do you find doing something that you love as a job and how does that kind of change it? But I'd like to mm-hmm. kind of pose that same question to you. Like how is your kind of, how is your relationship with running changed the more um, professional it's become in your life? Yeah, like you say, it definitely changed. And it's and it's only in the last few years I realised how much it's changed because, like I say, I started off running in Manchester, down the canals and stuff. And people have heard me tell me this story before, but like that's like I'm I met the now wife, but originally, <laughs> uh, yeah, she was living in Leicester and I was in Manchester, and and I entered the Leicester half marathon as my first race just so I could go and spend the weekend at her place, mm-hmm. and it's like the creepiest origin story ever. But like, <laughs> no, that's sweet man. But that's how it kind of kicked off, and I and yeah. like all these old men beat me and all that kind of thing, and I was just. Like we were saying before, I became obsessive about learning about running because for the mm. first time, like I'd been to school, been to college, didn't really know what I was doing. Like, like the hairdressing thing was good, but it because it was creative, but it was more the social thing that I enjoyed, kind of thing. So, 
yeah, I was just lucky in the fact that I'd found running. Uh, I could do it pretty much every day. It didn't cost me anything. And the races I was entering, yeah, I wasn't doing particularly well at the start. And then, but like you said before about what I put in, you were getting out. Yeah, I was getting better and better at this running and the positions were going up. And then I entered a race and did it even better, that kind of thing. Mm. So, and this was before, that was just when I was just running for myself. And then what happened was it was like, and you, you might resonate with this, I had this life of going out in Manchester all the time and drinking and partying and all that kind of stuff. But then like my Sunday run was starting to, like the value of that was starting to outweigh the partying. Yeah, so I started to distance yeah. myself from that so that I could, I was like, well, I want to run on Saturday, so I'm not going out Friday for a few drinks after work or whatever. Um, so I just started getting better that way. Yeah. And it was only after about two years, I had an opportunity to just basically leave and put put a bit of cash into training as a personal trainer. So at that point, I was just a personal trainer, but as a nine stone runner then, basically. Yeah, so I was yeah. attracting runners. So then all of a sudden, my life was kind of shifting to my the group I was in was runners and stuff like this. Um, like over the years, first five, probably 10 years, I just wanted to be a better runner and I was competitive with myself more than anything, but there was races I was doing well in. So it was all about basically getting better in the competition and mm. essentially growing my business a bit as well. As I got older and more recently, like now, like the coaching business has to come first along with the family and kids. Yeah, so, of course. So like I'm basically, like I've said this before, but I was a runner that coached and now I'm a coach that runs these events when I can. Mm and enjoy them so i love running to the point where i i would run twice a day easily like i said if, if i could um if your body would hack it <laughs> yeah 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 and i've always had a really good relationship with running as in i just love it like i speak to a lot of people that like, they run and they might have been running for 10 years but i can tell they don't particularly enjoy it yeah yeah how do i motivate how do i motivate myself every day and it's like I don't need motivation or willpower. There's days where I don't want to run and I can't be asked and that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, it's just it's become so ingrained in me. Then, then that's just what I do. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful thing, though, to do something that you truly, as you said, love yeah. every day. That is a beautiful thing. And I even, think so. I think it's such a can be such a cornerstone for so many different element of your life as well like when you said um um about the not you don't want not wanting to go out on the saturday because you were looking forward to your run on the sunday it can mm -hmm. like um it, it kind of forces better lifestyle choices and behaviors on you because you care about the running and kind of as a byproduct of it you're like it's really showing compassion to yourself as a person do you know what i mean like not yeah even the things that you like, you're thinking, oh, I want to put the running first and not go out. But actually, you're doing yourself a big favour as well. Mm. Um, but no, it's an interesting story. And I like that it's kind of, it ends on the kind of, the, the your your story ends on you doing something that you love every day. I don't think you can ask, I don't think you can ask for much more than that, man. That's good no. stuff. Good and I'm always, I'm always aware of it as well that like I am, I'm quite privileged to be able to do that. Like it is my job essentially. I'm not a professional runner, but like I yeah. get to coach for a living. So, so yeah, I just do stuff to protect that. So if I don't take on too much work, if I don't have to, that yeah. kind of thing, because I know, 
I've been I've been in stages where I've had too much work and I've been running too much mm. and and I've just been useless like useless as a person basically so just no energy stressed yeah. like just shit with the wife all like all the usual stuff yeah so I just I've, I've probably st- I'm still not great at it but I've just learned to get better at it because I've been like <laughs> I'm admit, I'll openly admit I've been really selfish in the past as well it's like this is me this is my running everyone else has to fit in with me yeah. Uh, yeah. like family changed that but again like I'm like I'm 40 this year and I'm only just getting better at it now like <laughs> if I'm honest like I've, yeah. think I've got a good balance now and that's only because I can't train as I did like 10 years ago just I haven't got the time um mm. but that's what everyone is in that position whether they've got a nine to five whether they've got other passions um yeah I still think but for me running is the anchor so if if I'm if I'm fit and healthy and I'm running well I can guarantee that like relationship at home is going well my business is going well when when it's not and I've had like I've had if I've gone out like if I've gone out and I've had too many beers very rarely I get to the chance now but I've had you know, when you experience a two, three day hangover and it's like, mm. then you get, then you get fucking pissed off that your, your energy is so low for those days. And you, and it's like, like, I'm, I'm not completely sober, but I just had to knock all that on the head because yeah, yeah. it's just not sustainable to do the stuff that you love. Like you say, like you, once you start valuing, just going out on the trails and it might be running, it might be getting on a bike or just hiking or whatever. Um, having that in place definitely helps just happens that I get like to coach it as well. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's really interesting. The kind of, um, it's like almost, it's a fine balance. You've got a balance all of spinning all of these plates and running can be quite a big one. Like you say, it is easy to get a bit selfish with it. Like, no, I have to go out for five hours on the Sunday on my own. Like, which (laughs) of if, if you if in any other context is probably like is how acceptable actually is that but i think it's it's about balancing them all and like for example i knew coming up to my tour i knew i was i was training really hard at the beginning of the year and i mm. knew or approached i'm gonna have to take my foot off the pedal because i'm too tired i'm too fatigued at the moment and it's selfish of me if i go into the uh, very physical month of work ragged because I've been pushing myself doing what I love on the trails too much it's not it's it's a bit selfish so sometimes I do have to make those choices like you know um enjoy the running the most when I can and I and I do try to be as consistent as it as possible but there are sometimes when I have to it can't always come first for me um, yeah. you know it, I have to be able to be prepared to drop it for you know, when life demands that you've got to go and do something else on a Sunday. But that being said, yeah, I have been able to be pretty consistent bar. I had a, yeah, a stretch for, for my tour and a bit of illness this year, but bar that it's been pretty, pretty good, pretty smooth sailing. But um, yeah. Have you been it. doing, have you done any events or do you plan to do any events? I've got one, um, one in September the um, 60 km leg of the 13 Valleys Ultra in um, Up the in lake. So, yeah, mate. So I'm um, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be my first ever event of any nature. Nice. Um, I thought in- you were going to tell me you were doing the full route then. 
I mean, I'm even, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I've ran some of the route already when I was last there, like just for fun. I've done, I reckon I've done about half of it. So I've got like, I'm not going to completely blind, but I've got to definitely train hard. It's, I mean, I don't, it might feel somewhat bit of naivety as that as a first event, but nah. Don't um I I just don't like I I was entered when I first picked up running again I entered the Brighton half because I just felt it would be good to have a goal to get to and then by the time I had actually done a half marathon on the trails way ahead of the event like yeah what's the what's what's the point I'm not looking to go in for like competitive um <laughs> competitive time so I just fucked it up and didn't go but. <laughs> Um, I might try and get something over the summer as well. I'd quite like I'd quite like a marathon distance over the summer because I'll probably do it as part of my training anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's the only one in at the moment, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. It. I just I, I, I love um, I love being up in the lakes. It's, it's second to none for me. I think um, it's the end of September, so I could it could either be like the most beautiful kind of transition of the season, summer into autumn weather. Or it could be, be absolutely horrendous. But yeah, no, we'll see. What What about yourself? What have you got? Anything in the pipeline? Or oh, you got the um, Snowdonia? Yeah, I've got that Snowdonia thing next week. So that's hundred miles a week on Friday, mate. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. How um, How was your training been? Yeah, it went. It's gone quite well. Like um, I've always one thing I've always been good at is training for events, but mm. then. Like, uh, after an event last year, September, I'd done the Dragon's Back. I don't know if you've seen that. That's when you, like, run down the spine of Wales, basically. Yeah, I've watched watched the the documentary about it. Yeah. So I've been lucky to do that twice. And at the end of that one, I I was left with a bit of an injury. uh, And it kind of snowballed. Then I got COVID before Christmas. Um, Then then my dog died. And that, like, hit me quite hard. Like, all of it. Right. just at, at once over Christmas and I didn't really realize how much if I'm honest uh so when I had this event at the end of January um I'd had some chest issues not like as in heart issues but like just from the lingering from Covid mm. went into it thinking I've been doing this so long I'll just be okay but it was it was a nice wake-up call because I wasn't okay I was like <laughs> unfit wasn't ready did have some breathing issues and pulled the plug and that's one of the one times where I've probably given up when I could have carried on. But yeah. I, was, I was fine with it. I've had injuries and stuff in races, but I just mentally wasn't there. So mm. then actually off the back of that, I've trained really well up until, literally up until last week, um, which was just, I had just had to be at home uh, with the kids a little bit more, sorting them out. But yeah. again, it's like a week in the, and I have to remind this to people I coach as well. So I had to remind myself it was like a week out of like 12 that hasn't gone that well. Yeah, and it wasn't like I couldn't run. I was just running like from the house for an hour rather than going out into Snowdonia. So it wasn't like I couldn't run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So no, like a pretty good block. I've got uh, no excuses really. It's like, um, yeah, people like me included, we like to look for excuses before one of these things where I'm going to tell myself I've got no excuses this time. Yeah, you must know the road at the back of your hand. I think yeah. it's interesting though, sort of, I'm really sorry for your loss with your dog as well. I imagine, can't imagine how difficult that is. And I think that really highlights how, I think how intrinsically linked 
physical, mental, emotional stress. Yeah. And how your body, when it gets like, when you get fried, how your body cannot tell the difference between which is which. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I was was slightly tested mentally in that race and I pulled the plug and I've been in and and I've finished race. I've finished a race with two broken elbows before and things like this. So I'm like, it was it was just a clear picture to me that like my brain wasn't ready more than yeah, anything. Yeah, and you've yeah. got to, you've got to look at the, zoom out and look at the long the big picture of the kind of what's your what's the long term plan? Um, mm. Is perhaps pushing on gonna perhaps potentially damage the success of the you know the key races or whatever it is. Um, well, that's exciting, though. That's super exciting for you. Um, yeah. For next week. Yeah, it is. The, um, then I can have a rest. <laughs> the, um, so what made you choose the 13 Ultras, the 13 Valleys? Um, How much of it? 60K, did you say? 60K. So I think that... Um, I think it's the five Valleys. I think it's five of... Oh, it's called. Yeah. Do you, can I, are we, are you edit, will you edit this? I can do. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I was just going to put it up so I'll get the name right. But yeah. Um. Yeah. It, let, let me see. I'll do it. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's uh, five valleys. Yeah. Five yeah. Valleys. You're doing five valleys. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. I'm doing the five. Yeah. So I'm doing the five valleys. Um. It. I picked it because I mean I I was looking through so many um like and a lot of what it was was um actually the dates originally yeah. because there was loads in the spring i'm always touring in the spring and august and most of the summer's festivals so like the final quarter of the year is actually usually always the the freest for me with my free time it's like mm. uh, yeah it chills out a bit for me then um and also i just i just come back from a trip in the lake district and i looked at the the kind of route and i saw oh i've ran like through like, yeah. you know, one of these valleys, the Troutbeck Valley or whatever it was. And uh, <laughs> and I thought that was beautiful. I've, I absolutely loved every second of it. And this was in January, probably some of the probably some of the worst weather I've ever like ever experienced in my life. But I still absolutely fucking loved it. So yeah. I thought, yeah, about that. It just kind of spoke to me and I just booked it kind of, um, you know, on a whim. And now the time has come round where... Just kind of, um, yeah, I need to knuckle down now, really. But just, um, yeah, kind of only now, I think, getting into some more... Wanting to do some. Yeah, some more specific, some more kind of specific training as well for this one. Um, whereas kind of, I always had in my head, up until the, up until the tour, I'm just going to get, get the miles in whichever way I want and just enjoy them. Um, and now I'm having to think about, you know, some more kind of specific training because i know if anything i know i'll have i've i think i've got the i think i'll have the mind for it um and i think i've got the chest for it but it's just making sure that my legs i think if anything goes it'll be my legs do you know what i mean as a result of the hills so i'm yeah. just making sure i'm making sure i'm um if your legs go before your head you're all right i always say cause... <laughs> yeah 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 i think so um I always, I always, that's what I always miss. And, and when I speak to people, that's why I, I like speaking to people almost at the beginning of racing, that naivety of just like, almost like throwing yourself in for, in for things. Cause it's, it's quite rare now because there's, there's so much choice. Yeah. There's so much like on social media about what other people are racing and that kind of thing. 
race it, ultra races and trail races have always been horrendous at trying to find what is on where and that kind of thing. The websites yeah, yeah. are always dog shit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like just having that naivety of going, oh, yeah, just go and do that is is a good thing. I would keep that as long as you can. Just don't, whether it scares you or whatever, that's a good thing. Because obviously Brighton Half didn't scare you enough to go and do it. Yeah, um, that's a good point, yeah. No, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I think, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I didn't think about it too much. I just went for it, and I think, yeah, that I'll try and certainly hold on to that moving forward. I don't want to get too bogged down. I don't have any kind of competitive. I don't have any time in mind. Like I don't, <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. Don't I don't care about it. It's a challenge for me for myself. Um, I'm not going into it with any kind of like um, competitive nature. Really, it's just a personal challenge, and I want to get out there and enjoy some of the outdoors and. Um, yeah, hopefully manage to cross the finish line. That's all it is for me. Good, mate. Um, and you say you've got, like, this is one thing I forgot to ask before. <laughs> you seem to be prolific at putting out the music. Like, I went, I was going through your Spotify, yeah. <laughs> and, like, well, number one, I was like, Jesus, the, like, the numbers are massive, aren't they? Uh, and that's just on Spotify, really, for for, for your music, but in terms of listens, but also just the, just the library of, of songs that you've put out over the years. Is is it just like, have you got that much like inspiration or do you just love it that much? And what I was going to say is because like, that's the other thing with running, it just seems to be such consistent over 10 years. You've just put them out, put them out, put them out. Mm. I assume for what you and what you both like at that time and what you've been working on, no matter up to almost maybe you might get this wrong but whether people like it or not obviously you care about that but yeah you're just doing the music and putting it out I, I think mate I think you're nailed on the head I'm a like I'm a musician mm. I have to make music and if I make music I want to release it and share it with people you know I think especially as an independent musician like I think you have to you have to give people something to enjoy and to to um just to consume in a way um we don't have the luxury of like taking years out and i wouldn't want to either i think yeah i, I just like yeah I, I love making music mate it's what comes naturally to me is what i do is what i'll always do and if i'm doing it it's people are going to hear it um i think i oh, sorry i lost my train of thought i had completely my brain's got completely blank um just with the consistency and putting it out, is it literally just that, just because you love it and you would be putting it, you would be making it probably whether you were, let's, let's, let's turn it around. Like if you were, if you were a pro runner, <laughs> would you still be making music? Do you think? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just what I do. It's, it's hard to even comprehend not making it, but I appreciate like, I, I'm, I'm proud of the size of the catalog of our music. Mm. maybe able to kind of consistently deliver it like that and it never feels forced and I never I think the thing is we never try and sit down or we really try to avoid from sitting down like right this next record is the fucking one it has to be the one it's never been like that man it's marginal gains for us always like mm. try and get a little bit better every time we do it and it's a long game I'm trying to build a a lifelong career um because you've got like a real distinctive sound, I think, but also at the same time, because I'll be listening to them 
and like I've been listening to Matt running and then one will come like completely out of left field almost like whether with the sound and the feel of it and that kind of thing so it's it's obviously still YouTube but yeah I was like oh, where did that one come from kind of thing and then I have to really listen to the lyrics a bit more but like all that stuff is is great mate I think oh thanks man yeah I have to we have to keep it um keep it interesting for people and I think also another bonus of the fact that it's just me and Frankie is we can work very quickly there's no yeah. like, there's not many steps in the process I make the beat he writes the lyrics we record it we decide as, as a team that we like it and we upload it and it's out there's not many there's not much red tape we have to go through there's not much um, mm. relying on lots of different producers and other people to get their shit done in on time we can work very efficiently um, we like to work in chunks a lot of the time so we'll often like, a few times a year we'll book uh, or maybe once a year um, book like a writing trip away so we'll go last time we went up to on the Malvern Hills and we just pack the studio in the back of the car and drive up there into like a you know a countryside rural retreat and put the studio up and we'll have like a week of just solid yeah music and then we'll go away and that and then we'll add to it and add to it and um yeah kind of like working like that in big chunks because when we get in our flow we can really make music quite quickly I think um it's always been that way man I think we know when to when to kind of continue with an idea and we know when to knock it on the head like Mm. if we're listening to something if we've got a little idea on the go in the studio and it's not giving you that feeling in your in your chest like this is the best piece of music that anyone's ever made in history (laughs) like then it's not the one and you should it should be knocked on the head Got you. <laughs> yeah, I only missed the end of that. I wish um, some of the runners I coach would have that mentality of like, if something's not working or that race isn't working, they should drop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it's funny, the more we speak, there are a lot of parallels in, I think, my kind of philosophy of music and my mm. kind of how we've done it as in a, even in a business sense or in a career sense. There are a lot of parallels to the same way I treat them. I guess at some point, like like now, even like you're, you're only 27, but you've been doing it long enough to go, you almost, yeah, because you've been doing it every day and you just kept it consistent. You almost, not that you don't know how you got there, but like sometimes I look back and it's like, I'm one of, like, I'm very experienced at what I do all of a sudden. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, it's like, and then you look back and yeah, you just have to give, you have to back yourself sometimes and go, yeah, well, I fucking hell, I've been doing this every day and I've been committed to it. So you you got to like be proud of what you've achieved, even though, like you say, you haven't gone out and and purposely tried to do massive things overnight. It's just been been a grind almost for ten years. That's it. Yeah, it's lots of continuous daily decisions and daily actions that over a long time add up. Really, isn't it? Like there has been no defining moment in our career. Like mm. it's been it's been slow and steady you know small wins every day um i think that's longevity is a really important thing for me in all aspects of life um don't want to burn fast and bright which i kind of spent a lot of my um <laughs> younger years <laughs> that mindset like when i was younger like i, I genuinely thought i don't think i used to joke around like i don't think i'd live past the age of fucking 
Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean, but deep down, I think I actually like believed it. Like I, I, that idea of longevity never really occurred to me. It's yeah. like, why would I? Why would I play long game when I, in my brain, I can have everything now. I want everything now, and I've just yeah, really flipped that on its head, man, and just tried to, um, yeah, let's let's build something that can last a long time, always with us. I want to still be making music many years to come, you know, God willing. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Good stuff, mate. Um, yeah, thanks for that. I've kept you for an hour now, but be- before you go, like, I've, we know what you're doing next in running up until September. Where can we, like, give me some of the, well, I know because I've had a look, but <laughs> what, what are some of the festivals you're going to be at over the summer? Is it ma- mainly festivals more than gigs? Like, so it's fest- yeah, sorry. It's festivals now. Um, we've just finished our European and UK tour, which is incredible. And now for the rest of the year, it's going to be festivals. Um, we've got lots abroad, um, Switzerland, Sweden, uh, Netherlands, um, Austria, Germany. Um, and in the UK, closer to home, we've got uh, a good few as well. Boardmasters, we've got Project 6 Festival next month, this month in London. Um, and plus uh, quite a few more that actually haven't been announced yet that I can't say. But yeah, there's a lot of... Um, a little, about. 15 festivals across the summer so that's going to be me now kind of me for the rest of the summer leading into that it's going to be a nice way to juggle the kind of peak um the peak training period of august for that ultra is when i've got like eight rows <laughs> that's gonna quite, quite work out but you know man that's what it's all about isn't it so if we see Harvey Gunn just running around the perimeter of these fences <laughs> <laughs> yeah running up and down on stage but, yeah man yeah yeah it'd be great um n- next time we're on the road again next time we're on the tour you have to go you have to make it down to yeah i'll come out mate definitely yeah up yeah. to manchester or something that was a great one last time man. definitely mate um yeah thanks for that uh it's uh let me get this right no you tell me what was your instagram i know what your instagram but let me know <laughs> what was uh what, what is the uh what's the instagram for the for you two for me and Frankie, F- yeah, FS and and HG, so like yeah, yeah, and website, um, FS and And what was your Instagram, mate? Just Harvey Gun. Harvey Gun underscore. But... Harvey Gun underscore, like me, I've got Gary House underscore. Have you? Yeah, some fuckers got it, man. It's <laughs> one of them when you go on their profile, someone with like zero followers, zero following. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's actually like some uh, like American guy who's quite big in like outdoors cooking, so I had no chance. Oh, really? Like a legit, he's got a legit account. I was like, oh, shit. Funny. <laughs> funny little crossover as well. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many though. If you put in Gary House, I think I can still pop up quite quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same with you, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Right, cheers, mate. Uh, thanks a lot for sharing your story, mate. It was really interesting, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck with the with, well with the Five Valleys Ultra, mate. Oh, thanks a lot, mate. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, keep yeah, up with the work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.